Welcome to Ashwood. Dark Stories for Bright Minds. Clown. The children all gathered around Theodore with admiration. He performed tricks for them, causing the young audience to shriek, gasp, and laugh in unison. It was almost as if he had hypnotized them with his exaggerated movements and expressions. He was a very large man, taller than most. He usually had to duck just to pass through the doorway into someone's home. He had broad shoulders and massive arms. His long legs looked like stilts, which helped him in his profession. He had large eyes and a warm smile with perfectly white teeth. He took up so much space that whenever he entered a room, people could not help but notice him. Such was the case with the small group of admirers before him. From the moment he arrived to the house, he had their full attention. Not only were the children in awe, but most of the adults in the room were watching with anticipation as Theodore went through his routine. He wore oversized shoes, bright blue and red striped pants, an orange shirt, a purple coat, and a large red tie. His welcoming smile was amplified with the thick red paint around his lips. His large eyes were framed in big blue circles. And the centerpiece of it all was the giant red rubber nose that gave a loud honk whenever he squeezed it. The children loved that, and so did he. Everyone enjoyed Theodore's antics and tricks, especially the birthday boy, who squealed with excitement when Theodore sang a boisterous rendition of the birthday song, complete with rhythmic honking of that big red nose. After a couple of hours, Theodore's time was up, so he packed up his things, collected the money from the boy's mother, gave out his business cards to all the other parents in attendance, and excused himself. The children applauded as he left. He waved at them with a loving smile and reminded the children to always be good and always smile. Theodore chuckled to himself as he walked to his car, pushing his cart of supplies along the annoyingly uneven sidewalk to his car. He always told the same thing to all the kids. Always be good and always smile. Of course, that was advice he could easily give out, but he did not follow. If ever there existed a person whose personality was absolutely opposite of his profession, it was Theodore. He performed, laughed, and smiled to the children all day. But deep down inside, almost nothing made Theodore happy. He had been numb for as long as he could remember. His early years were rough. His father left his mother while she was still pregnant. Theodore's childhood was spent bouncing from one house to another, as his mom consorted with different men just to keep a roof over their heads. Most of those men were abusive. His earliest memories were of his mother being beaten by men whose names and faces have faded with time. There were moments when he was also abused in several ways. As a result, Theodore grew into a bitter, unhappy man. In spite of all this, Theodore knew that his mother loved him. He knew that she put up with that lifestyle for his sake. Whenever she found out anyone was abusing him, she left right away. So, for many years, they moved from one place to another, 
all the while staying in strange homes. Things took a turn for the better when Theodore was 11 years old. His mother had finally landed a steady job with good pay, and they were able to move into a small apartment, just the two of them. Theodore began attending school and was able to enjoy the consistency for the first time. However, being uneducated, socially inept, and full of bad memories, he never made any real friends, and was picked on relentlessly by the bullies in his school. He was able to put up with it though because those children were significantly better than the other strangers he had dealt with in the past. His happiest memory was his 12th birthday. His mother had saved up for months to throw him his first real party. She sent invitations to all the kids in his class, ordered a big cake, and decorated the whole apartment with colorful streamers and balloons. Of course, as he had no real friends, hardly anybody showed up. His mother seemed upset but Theodore did not mind. He would have been happier if it was just the two of them anyway. The greatest surprise of the day was the clown that she had hired for the party. Theodore had always dreamed of having a real birthday party like he had seen in the movies, and he was finally having it. His classmates all rolled their eyes and scoffed as the clown performed for them, but Theodore did not care. He watched with amazement as the jester sang, danced, and did tricks for everyone. He gushed over the attention that he received from the colorful character. It was the happiest moment of his life. Unfortunately, this happiness would prove to be fleeting. It happened just a few days after his party, while some of his presents were still in their boxes. Theodore had walked home from school that day, and waited patiently at home for his mother to return from work. Hours went by, the sun set, and soon it was already past his bedtime. His mother had still not returned. He fell asleep waiting for her, only to be awakened by a knocking at the front door. Still groggy, but relieved that his mother had returned, he slowly made his way to open it. It was a pair of police officers. Theodore's mother had gotten into an accident at work, and passed away at the hospital. He spent the rest of his childhood in an orphanage, where he remained an outcast. Theodore sat in his car after the birthday party, using the rearview mirror to see as he removed his makeup. As he was doing so, he regularly peeked out the window to see if people were beginning to leave the child's house. Soon his face was clear, and he looked completely unrecognizable from the jester that is his alternate personality. He slipped out of his costume and buttoned up a new, clean shirt. He slipped into a pair of jeans and finished the ensemble with a pair of sneakers. Now he looked completely normal. Theodore checked his watch a few times and began to grow impatient. Children's birthday parties usually did not last this long. He wondered what was taking so long and almost decided to give up and go home. However, as he was debating with himself whether or not to drive away, he watched the first guest leave. It was Charles, Monica, and their son, Scott. A few minutes later, Evelyn and her son, James. Theodore always made a point to memorize everyone's names. It just made things easier. Other families left, and finally, the last to leave was Bella. Theodore had noticed that when she arrived with her son, Miguel, they had brought a sleeping bag and a backpack. That meant that Miguel was going to be sleeping at the birthday boy's house that evening. Bella would be alone. As Bella drove away, Theodore followed behind. 
He had done this plenty of times, so he knew that sweet spot where he could keep on her tail without being noticed. Fortunately for him, Bella only lived a few blocks away, so she did not have much time to notice the car driving behind her. He passed her as she pulled into her garage, looped around the block, and then parked in front of the house. He waited a few minutes, looked around to make sure nobody was nearby, and then proceeded with his usual routine. He had perfected this part. He would ring her doorbell and ask for the homeowner. If she called for someone else, he would pretend to be selling something, be dismissed, and go home. If she said she was the homeowner, he would proceed. He would tell her that he is a contractor, working for the city, and there was something wrong with their property, and point to a spot on their home that is out of view. If she exited the house to have a peek, then he would move on to the next step. He would find a way to mention that he is good friends with the parents of the boy whose party she just came from. This would cause her to let down her guard, they would talk for a little bit, and then Theodore would ask to use the bathroom. Once inside, he would spy around the house to make sure that she was alone. If she was, then his plan had worked. If not, then he would simply use the restroom and leave. Every step of the way, he had an easy way to leave without suspicion. It worked like a charm on Bella. Before long, he was inside her house, and could tell that she was alone. Standing in the bathroom, he removed the small vial from his pocket. He grabbed a tissue and poured the contents of the vial over it. Then, while concealing the tissue in his left hand, he walked out into the front room where Bella was waiting. He leaned in to shake her hand as he thanked her for letting him use the bathroom. The second she squeezed his hand, he pulled her in closely, wrapped his arm around her waist, and held the tissue to her nose. Seconds later, she was out cold, and would remain that way for about an hour. Plenty of time to get her back to his house. Bella awoke in a daze. She blinked quickly as she tried to focus on where she was. It was a small room with no windows and one door. The ceiling was lined with fluorescent lights, which flooded the room with bright, artificial light. As her eyes came into focus, she noticed that it looked almost like a child's playroom. The walls were painted in vibrant colors, with different shapes and animal prints. She looked all around, still trying to figure out where she was and what had happened. Then she remembered letting that man into her home. Bella panicked as she began to realize that she had been tied to a chair. She shook her body with all of her strength, trying to loosen the ropes around her, but it seemed to just get tighter with every movement. Bella screamed for help, begging for anyone to hear her. In response, the singular door opened up slowly. Bella went silent as the door creaked, waiting to see what would come from the other side. She trembled in fear, wondering who it would be, and what sort of plans did they have for her. The few seconds of waiting seemed like a lifetime. Who was there? Why was she here? What was going to happen to her? Then. The clown from her son's party jumped out from behind the door, honking his nose with a wide, cheesy grin. He stood there for a moment, holding out his open hands on either side of his face in a goofy pose, waiting for Bella to react. In return, Bella continued to sit in confused silence, unable to comprehend what was happening. What are you? She began to mutter, but was interrupted by the clown letting out a loud, forced laugh. He left through the door and quickly returned again with his cart of tricks from the party. 
He giggled to himself as he expertly opened up the box and took everything out and displayed it on a table next to her. These tools and tricks were certainly not the kind he had with him at the children's party. He had switched out the contents with different tools for more sinister tricks. Theodore watched Bella with glee as he continued to display his toys on the table. He was happy to see that she was too stunned to make a sound. He knew that was just temporary. He decided to test her. As he was getting close to the end of his box of tricks, he stopped for a moment, and with exaggerated and silly dramatics, he honked his nose and smiled at her. Bella shuddered and recoiled as much as the ropes would allow her. Theodore felt a surge of satisfaction at her response. This was the only thing that ever brought him happiness. The only times he felt alive and real were inside this room. He never had a real playroom as a child, so he tried to use this one as often as possible. He did get some small fulfillment in playing a clown for birthday parties, but his real passion was being a clown with his victims. He loved watching their faces twist and cry as he performed for them. And of all the things he did, his absolute favorite part was his nose. There was something so hilarious to him about watching their reactions whenever they heard that high-pitched squeak. He had done it countless times before, and he was ready to get started again. He picked up one of his tools and showed it to the woman. She responded by crying loudly and screaming for help. Of course, he knew that was hopeless for her, because he had soundproofed his room for that very reason. As she was crying, he honked his nose again. She jumped a little and looked back at him, as if surprised he was having so much fun. He leaned in closely, just inches from her face, and gently grabbed her hands. He opened his mouth to speak to her, but to his surprise, she lunged forward, bit the red nose, and spit it across the room. Then Bella smashed her forehead into his own, knocking him backwards. He bumped into the table and then landed on his back. Theodore instantly reached up and felt his naked nose. It was gone. The red nose was missing. How could he continue without it? A rage built up inside of him. He screamed and cursed at her as he flipped over onto his hands and knees, looking around for the bright red ball. As soon as he found it, he quickly shoved it back on, giving it to Honk as he did so. Somehow, she had ruined it. The sound was dull and it did not fit right anymore. Theodore felt a rage like never before. He stomped over to her, slapping his oversized shoes on the ground as he did so, getting ready to cause her more pain than she could imagine. He stood in front of her, reaching his left hand around her head, grabbing her hair and pulling it back. While keeping his eyes locked on hers, he reached to the table with his right hand. He felt around for one of his knives, but could not feel it. Just then, he felt a sharp stabbing pain in his stomach. Then another. Bella smiled back as she stabbed Theodore several more times with one free hand. Theodore realized that he must have knocked the knife right onto her lap when he had fallen earlier. He began to feel uneasy, so he slumped down onto Bella's chest. As his face buried into her, the poorly fitting nose slipped off his face. Just as it began to fall, Bella stabbed him again, this time from the back. Theodore inhaled sharply at the pain from the knife, and in doing so, inhaled the red nose. He fell onto the ground, gasping for breath. 
The nose was lodged in his throat, so he was choking. Bella quickly cut the rest of the ropes and disappeared from the room. Theodore writhed on the floor, clawing at his neck, trying to get some oxygen. Then he perceived a noise. It was a high-pitched squeak. Every time Theodore tried to take a breath, the nose honked inside his throat. That was the most hilarious thing Theodore had ever experienced. He tried to laugh, which just caused the nose to honk again, which in turn caused Theodore to laugh even more. Theodore died on the floor of his playroom, laughing hysterically and painfully to the honking of his nose. Today's story was written and narrated by me, Joey Kluge. Music and editing by Stephen Reeder. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Also, it would be a great help to us if you could leave us a good review. You can learn more about Ashwood at www.ashwoodstories.com. We also have a store with Ashwood merchandise at the same address, www.ashwoodstories.com. You can also follow us on social media at Ashwood Stories. As always, thank you for listening. Stay bright, everyone.